Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow Geo Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. Hi, everybody. Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is Hellmeister from the Geocaching with Hellmeister YouTube channel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. It's it's good to be on the Geocache Adventures podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. So to get started, how did you get started into geocaching? Well, it's kind of a weird story. Uh, I, I probably have one of the most uh, unique stories, possibly, perhaps. Uh, I found myself unemployed, laid off from work in 2009. And... Um, I was surfing Facebook. Uh, Facebook was new to me at the time. And I was getting ready to, to be a father for the first time um, back then. My son is now 13 years old. And uh, so I was surfing Facebook and just trying to pass away time in between looking for jobs. And uh, I, one of my Facebook friends, uh, who, who I didn't know, the only reason I had Facebook uh, befriended him was to level up in a, a game, an online game that 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 was playing on Facebook. So I just started random randomizing, uh, getting new friends from different places for this game. And one of them, the guy started mentioning uh, geocaching. So I just scrolled on through and, and everything. And after about a week or two of seeing this guy mention geocaching, I finally asked, okay, wh what is this geocaching you're talking about? about? And uh, he, he told me what it was and, and how I could get started and, the rest is history. I, I set up an account probably about two or three weeks later after that. And I didn't go find my first geocache for a few months. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's how I found out about it was uh, very indirectly and very uh, unsuspectingly. And that's how I became a geocacher. That is kind of a roundabout way of finding that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Mm hmm so for anybody that may not be familiar with your YouTube channel, can you tell us a little bit about it and what it is? Well, my YouTube channel is, is based uh, whole, wholly on geocaching and my adventures uh, with it and uh, the friends I make along the way and the places I visit. Um, but it also, I like to travel and show um, not only things around my area, uh, but things like when I travel to mega events or go to a, uh, long distance um, vacations or things like that. Uh, of course, there's always geocaching involved in in those travels. So I like to uh, to um, showcase high favorited geocaches or or uh, cool locations or, or things like that. Uh, the family friendly uh, video channel on YouTube, and um, my goal is to not only help people find geocaching, but also to entertain while I'm doing that. How long have you been doing this vlog? I've been uh, putting my adventures on YouTube since 2017. I, I started right around the time that uh, Geo Woodstock in Waynesville, North Carolina was happening. That's right around the time I, I started. 
So why did you start the vlog? Well, you know, I, I at the time, I didn't know why. <laughs> but looking back at it, um, I wanted to give back to the geocaching community in a way that I hadn't done before. Uh, I have given back in many ways uh, with my own hides. And uh, that's typically how geocachers give back to the community is with maybe pseudo events or events or, or, or hides of their own. And I thought, you know, I, I, uh, I can do this. I can, I can, I have some ideas in my head and I have been watching other YouTube channels, uh, both geocaching and not. And I thought, uh, I like the way this person is doing that. I like the way this person's showing this or that. And I think, uh, I could probably do something like that uh, and relate it to geocaching, which is a, a passion of mine. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of different vlogs out there, a lot of geocaching ones, too. So what makes your vlog different from other geocaching vlogs that we may know? Oh, that, that's a pretty good question um, and one to definitely ponder over for a minute <laughs> uh, because because I, I know many of the geocaching uh, vloggers that, uh, that are in the uh, geocaching network. And we basically all kind of basically do the same thing. We all take you to a location. We all, we all like to show a, a fantastic hide or maybe even meet a cash owner or something like that. And of course we all, most of the time, <laughs> I should add that we all like to find the geocache and show that as well. So what makes mine different uh, is kind of, is kind of a difficult question. The only thing I can think of is Mr. Bill. <laughs> Yes, I do like the Mr. Bill videos, and we'll get into a little bit more about Mr. Bill and his history, because definitely want to hear more about that. Okay. But some more basic info on the channel. How often do you post videos? Um, right now, and for the past couple of years, I've, I've been doing it. Uh, I post a new video every two weeks. Now, when I first started out five years ago, it was an every week thing. And looking back at that now, I'm like, I don't even know how I did that. You know, how did I, how did I keep up with that demand? Um, but after doing it for once a week for about three years, I decided to roll it back to once every two weeks to allow myself uh, some family time uh, to attend my, my kids' extracurricular activities. And also just to dedicate more time to making a better quality video for the viewers, which takes a little bit more time and a little more thought, and a little more creativity. So, uh, I guess, I guess a long story short, every two weeks right now is, is what I'm, yeah, is what I'm doing. And that seems to be working out pretty well for me. How do you pick what kind of geocaches or which geocaches to go target? I'm guessing favorite points factor in some. Yes, that they factor in quite a bit. In fact, uh, I have a few videos that I released uh, a few months ago, and um, they both, both my messages in both of them were follow the favorite points. And that's what I did with those two videos. And in most of my videos include that. Um, I filter by favorite points and when going on, on road trips uh, or vacations, I, I filter by favorite points, but I also um, every now and then, you know, there's one that doesn't have a lot of favorite points, but maybe it's, it's really old. Maybe it fills a Jasmine spot. 
or maybe it uh, gives me a, a, a DT square that I don't have uh, my next loop or something like that. So it's not just favorite points. It, it can be just favorite points, but it could also be uh, something that's really old um, or maybe a lonely cache or uh, perhaps it might have like a travel bug in it that uh, is special to me or is, is intended. It's I'm the intended target. Uh, that could be one. I haven't done anything quite like that with a, with a travel bug yet, but uh, that might be in the future. You know, uh, I, I do like the uh, favorite points. Of course, they always tend to lead to uh, great locations or, or really cool geocaches. So let's go back to Mr. Bill now. For <laughs> I've seen the videos. I love Mr. Bill. But for somebody who isn't familiar with Mr. Bill, can you sort of explain who Mr. Bill is and how Mr. Bill got started? Well, Mr. Bill, uh, for, for those who are probably my age or maybe a little bit older, and I don't want to date myself too bad here, but uh, uh, back in the 70s and maybe the 80s, early 80s perhaps, uh, there was a character on Saturday Night Live, a little claymation character named Mr. Bill. And Mr. Bill uh, always got into trouble. Wherever he went, he always ended up getting hurt, uh, run over by a car or whatever it was. Um, and, and I've always thought that Mr. Bill was, was funny. And um, so when I went to an event in Wisconsin um, a few years ago, I saw a Mr. Bill trackable on the table. It was a Mr. Bill doll, probably about three or four inches tall had a hole drilled through him and there was a trackable tag on it and it looked brand new. The doll looked brand new. So I picked it up and I punched in the, uh, the trackable number and sure enough, I was the first one to pick it up. It had just been released by its owner. And so I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll take Mr. Bill. Um, and I'll move him somewhere. Just like do, uh, I like to do with other trackables. No problem. Well, I had Mr. Bill about a week or two and I got to thinking, wait a minute. I have a, I have a friend that was coming to visit. Uh, Neil Moore from Cash Tales. He was coming from Michigan, and um, we were going to go geocaching. I thought, wouldn't it be fun if I took this Mr. Bill doll and we had a Mr. Bill adventure? Uh, maybe we could get him hurt somehow on on this adventure. Maybe we could uh, do something fun with Mr. Bill. But of course, I didn't want to ruin somebody's trackable. So of course, I contacted the owner, and they gave me the okay. And I was I was real careful with them. So thanks to uh, Hack One of Two up in Wisconsin for allowing me to do that, which really started off something that uh, I didn't envision at first. So, so I contacted Neil Moore and I said, hey, I have this trackable where I want to take it on some misadventures, Mr. Bill trackable. And he says, well, you need a stun double. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I'll, find, I'll see if I can find one before you arrive. He says, I'll buy it and I'll bring it, no problem. I'm like, okay, all right, well, that's cool. So he bought it and he brought it back gave it to me and we went on a we went on a trail walk and, and uh, Mr. Bill got into some trouble of course uh, he fell down a hole and got stepped on and and got slammed in an ammo can all sorts of fun stuff but uh, so that's how Mr. Bill came to be uh, once again kind of a inadvertent uh, encounter and at a geocaching event so that's how he is that's why I have Mr. Bill how often does Mr. Bill show up in his misadventures of geocaching? And now, you know, 
some people probably want more Mr. Bill and less less Hailmeister. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and I, I get it, but I don't want to overdo Mr. Bill. You know, he's just a little guy, and you can't hurt him too much. You know, I don't want him going on strike on me. So, but uh, it seems like uh, just when I have an idea to pop in my head or something I can do with Mr. Bill, maybe once every couple months or something like that. You know, just when I make a video with him. It's always it's always fun to come up with something I can get him into trouble with. How long have you had Mr. Bill now? Hmm. Well, you know, now that you ask, the day that Neil Moore came and brought Mr. Bill to me, and we went on that adventure was Leap Day. Two thousand. Two thousand was Leap Year, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Leap Day two thousand. 2000? I think, yeah, I think so. You didn't start geocache until 2009. Oh, I'm sorry, 2020. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. It's like that math wasn't yeah. working out quite right. <laughs> yeah, well, mine either, apparently. Wow. <laughs> Better stick with the vlogs, huh? <laughs> How is Mr. Bill faring at this point? He's been through a few misadventures in the last couple of years. It's funny you ask. The very first uh, adventure we took him on, we found an, an old ammo can way off the trail, way out in the middle of the woods. And um, I thought, okay, this is this is Mr. Bill's first chew cache. He's got to get his head slammed in the ammo can when we're trying to close it. I was a little too aggressive. I didn't know how much my little new buddy could take. So I put his neck in the ammo can. And of course, you know, when you close the ammo can, it's kind of like a guillotine right there where they come down. And uh, I was pushing on him and Neil Moore was uh, was recording the, the incident and everything. And I almost cut his head off. <laughs> I didn't know it. Yeah. I, almost, I didn't know it until after the fact, but uh, I nearly cut his head off on the first geocache he went to uh, but luckily he survived and he still has the kink in his neck where the ammo can was smooshing it down i like to tell that story to people that, that meet mr bill so. <laughs> other than that mr bill's been thrown down the trail uh, a bike trail he's been stepped on he's been he's been dropped from railroad bridges 30 or 40 feet downfall he's been uh Oh, he's had all sorts of stuff done to him. I can't even can't even think right now. It's a lot of different things. <laughs> and more to come, too. <laughs> Mr. Bill is definitely a fun little side adventure or side story of your YouTube channel, for sure. When you're going to these places, how often are you getting to actually travel to geocache and vlog? Um, for big events and stuff, I, I typically go to like, historically the last several years been maybe two or three megas a year. Um, so I don't know. I usually travel long distances at least three times a year for these, for these things. Um, but staying around my home area and I say my home area, I would say within a hundred miles that that could include Chicago suburbs or up to Madison, Wisconsin, or even as far as uh, 
western, I'm sorry, the eastern edge of Iowa. Um, I go probably about once a month or something like that locally. Okay. So when you're traveling and you're geocaching, are you getting content from multiple videos at a time? Yeah, um, because I only go like once a month on average, um, I will try to shoot two or three, sometimes more videos uh, an outing if I can, if it calls for it in the area and the geocache that I'm going to call for it, yeah. Um, like I said, every two weeks I put out a video. So if I can shoot, say, three videos, that's six weeks worth of content. Um, that might you know, set me up for a month, month and a half worth of releases on my channel. For sure. Do you have a favorite type of geocache that you like to go find? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Don't we all. Um, I I like, well, let, me, let me just say, I like all sorts of geocaches, but my favorite geocache to find is got to be a gadget cache. And, you know, it gives me the, the reason to create a story around it or maybe to draw intrigue uh, from the viewer on what's going to happen next. How is this locked up? Uh, how is he going to get into it? Can he get into it? Um, that type of thing. You know, what, what, did the, what did the cache owner do to uh, make this geocache interesting? Um, things like that. If I can... I can spark curiosity in my viewers uh, while, while entertaining as well. Um, that's going to be a win for me. Have you ever found a gadget cache that you couldn't get into? Hmm. Sure, there has been one. Uh, uh, hmm, that's a good question. Right off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Nothing really sticks out. There's got to be at least one, I'm sure. But I can't think of any, no. Do you have a most memorable find or a favorite find that you've had? Man, there have been so many. Uh, well, I'll tell you. Um, down, uh, let's see, where was it? I'm going to say central Illinois somewhere. There was a, oh, when MOGA was down in Lake Shelbyville, Illinois, there was a cache there um, by Major Boothroyd. And I think he has since moved to Florida, but he lived in that area at the time. Or I think he lived in Decatur, Illinois, perhaps. But anyway, he made a bunch of gadget caches. And gadget caches were kind of a, a new thing back then when, when MOGA was there in 2013, I believe it was. Um, and so we targeted those because we had heard that these were a little bit different than just a, you know, an animal can or a bush or, or a walk through the forest. So uh, he had a few that were, that I've never seen replicated since. One of them um, was, uh, you come to a fence line in the forest, obviously the property ends. And on the other side of the fence, was probably about 20 feet and eh, maybe not that far maybe 10 feet away from where you were standing were some buckets with pvc tubes sticking out and in one of those pvc tubes and i'm talking there was probably 50 pvc tubes sticking out of these buckets in one of those pvc tubes was was a log uh, or a, a container that had a magnet on 
and he didn't know which one. He couldn't see in there from, from where we were standing. So he had to grab a fishing pole that was at the tree next to you that had a magnet on it. You fished it out from across the fence into the buckets, and you eventually found the one you pulled it out. That, that was pretty neat. I like that one. That's cool. I haven't heard of one yeah. like that before. Yeah. Pretty neat. That's different. Is there a certain location that you have yet to cache that you really want to go hit one day? Yeah. Yeah, actually, there is. There's, there's many, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but one that uh, one that sticks out in my head uh, right away it seems uh, that I probably should have been there already, but is uh, just over the border in Canada. I've got uh, several friends in Canada and uh, you know, I've been wanting to go there. Uh, 2020, I was supposed to go there for uh Jew Woodstock, but then, you know, COVID happened and uh, put the kibosh on that. And, and now it's going to be happening uh, in 2022, but I, I won't be able to attend this time. And, uh, uh, you know, I have some friends in Ontario that I could easily just uh, hop on over to Ontario. They're from Michigan and and uh, go see and cash, but they still have some restrictions and things on certain activities coming from the United States that uh, that I I don't qualify. I can't quite get over the border yet, so to do that. So maybe one of these days I will. That's uh, that's one of the places I'd like to go to another country. I've never been outside the United States. You know, as geocachers, we like to, to check off boxes and go places and, and, and color in parts of the map. And that's one place I haven't ever been able to, to color in yet. So that's, that's one, that's for sure. Is there like a rare cache type that you haven't found that you're hoping to get one day? Um, wow. There are two cache types. Well, I take that back. I take that back. There is a cache type that I have not gotten that I've always wanted to get. And that is the ape cache. I don't have that one. As of the recording of this podcast, I don't have that one. But I will be remedying that remedying that situation here within about a month's time. <laughs> Are you making it to the uh, the 20th celebration that's been put off for the past two years? Yep. I'm headed to Seattle for... Yeah, I'll be getting that one while I'm there. So that'll, that'll be great. Nice. Yeah, finally get an ape cache. I have talked to some other people that have done the ape cache. And like I guess there's been whole events around going out to find the ape cache and somebody dressed up as an ape and everything when they do it. Like it's, It sounds like it could be a very interesting thing to go do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm sure there'll be a lot of people in that tunnel. Um, I hear the tunnel's like two or three miles long and it's dark and yeah. old. Are you planning to hike the tunnel or are you taking a bike or what do you have in mind for that? Oh, no, I'll be hiking. Hiking it? Yeah. yeah. You could try roller skating it. <laughs> I wonder if anybody <laughs> roller skates it or rollerblades it. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe, but I won't be doing any of that. I'll just be <laughs> So when it comes to geocaching, obviously it's a passion of yours. I mean, you have a YouTube channel around it. You travel for it. 
But there's so many different aspects to geocaching. Is there like a favorite thing about geocaching that you have? Yeah, you know, with all all the finds and stuff you, you accumulate throughout the years and, and all the places you go and all the things you see that, that geocaching takes you to and and stuff. Uh, those are all great, but um, I'd say the, the best thing that I've discovered while geocaching is my friends. The people that I've met along the way and uh, the people that I've become friends with and uh, and, and it's really kind of strange um, to tell people that I work with who aren't geocachers uh, that I have a guy I know in California. I have somebody I know you know, in New Jersey, I know somebody down in Mississippi, you know, all these different places. And they're like, they think I'm kind of crazy, but <laughs> it's true. You know, I, I do have these friends in faraway lands, um, that I like to see at these mega events. And, uh, sometimes I share like an Airbnb with these people or we go caching and, and, uh, I, I meet some of their friends and, uh, we become friends. So it's, uh, it's gotta be the people for me um that make that make this uh fun and make it worth doing i mean sure you know an, a, a hike on a, a lonely trail out in the middle of the woods is sometimes what you need alone uh sometimes you find yourself out there other than geocaching um but taking a friend along with is uh is always a fun thing and it's, it's been it's been a real good thing the only the only people i have that I consider friends now are, are all geocaching friends. And speaking of friends on your channel, a lot of your videos show feature other geocachers, other vloggers even are they all or mostly people you've met at these different events. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody, uh, well, I shouldn't say everybody, uh, but a lot of the people that I have on my channel, um, some of them are local. Like I was saying, that 100-mile radius or so, uh, you know, I'll run into somebody at an event and I'll go cash with them locally. Uh, but a lot of times when I go to, like, mega events and stuff, it's it's with uh, uh, Neil Moore, you know, who lives in Michigan. It's a, it's a four-hour drive for me to his house. and Or, uh, you know, maybe it's somebody that I've met uh, at the Omega who, uh, who became my friend you know, the previous year or something like that. Um, or other vloggers from other countries like, uh, you know, Cash Canada or Cash Line up in, up in uh, Ontario. Uh, seen them many times. And, uh, and we'll, I just actually spent some time with uh, Jeff from Cash Line recently. And, and we'll spend some more time with uh, Dave and Karen from Cash Canada coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, people that I meet at these different mega events and uh, become my friends. And of course, you know, when they're, when they're vloggers as well too, they help you, uh, uh, they know what it takes to make a video and uh, they add to the video. And it's, uh, that's usually who's in my videos when I travel like that is, is people that I've met at these events. You had a video and I'm not sure exactly when it was posted. I watched it earlier this summer I think I watched it after MOGA so late spring early summer and I don't remember what event you said you guys were at but you had Mr. Bill in it 
and you were looking at this geocache and all of a sudden there's like five other vloggers that are just kind of showing up because everybody's trying to find the same gadget cache. Yep. And I thought that was really neat because it didn't look planned at all, but everybody just happened to be there doing the same thing. Like you said, same interest. Yeah, that, that was sort of planned and that, that happened. I know which video you're talking about. That's uh Mr. Bill finds celebrities. Yes. Uh, and that one was shot um, last year at Mingo Madness. The okay. mega that they had there. And uh, so um, what we have typically, like I was talking about the people, you know, it's, it's about the people, but within the geocaching blogging community, um, when we have a mega like that, several of us, we know we're going, we'll, we'll plan a meetup, like a special meetup um, offsite somewhere. So we don't um, have the distractions of other things, uh, people or other events going on and things. We'll get together somewhere offsite and go find a cache and then we'll go out to eat or share some ideas or uh, suggestions and things like that. And uh, that was one of them. Um, we all met at a gadget cache there in Colby, Kansas. And I thought it would be fun to break out Mr. Bill and he could find some uh, geocaching celebrities. And those are all people who make uh, videos for the geocaching network on YouTube as well too. All, all those people on that video. So this is probably an unfair question to ask, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Okay. Besides geocaching with Hellmeister, what is your favorite geocaching vlog? Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've been watching a lot of uh, a vlog that I was introduced to just a few months ago, I guess it's been six or seven months ago now, I was introduced to a, a travel vlog uh, called The Adventures of A and K. And it's Adam and Catherine is their, is their names. And they're from Texas. Um, and they're currently traveling to Alaska. And they live in a van. They've converted a van into a little RV type thing. And uh, ever since I started watching this vlog um, with Adam and Catherine, I've noticed that um, I've come to learn that uh, van life is, is something that's a lot more prevalent that I really, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how prevalent it was. It's uh, quite a community they have. Um, but Adam and Catherine, they, they are, like I said, going up to Alaska right now. And, uh, but in previous years, they've driven uh, from Texas to uh, the New England States and, and all over the South and things. And they do a, a great job and, and um, showing where they're at and what they're doing. And and uh, usually they stop for something good to eat and they like to taste the local fare and everything. So that's right up my alley. The only thing they don't do is geocache. <laughs> they're missing an opportunity here. <laughs> they are, they are. How did you find out about that vlog? On a geocaching podcast. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yep. that's great. Yep. Do you have any advice for somebody that's starting a blog or is new to vlogging that you could share with us? Um, hang with it. Um, it's going to be rough goings at first. I can attest to that. If it, 
watched some of my earlier videos. Yeah, yeah, it was rough going, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, hang with it. Uh, practice will make you better. Um, like I said earlier, I started out, I was making a video once a week. And like I said, I don't know how I got through that once a week for like three years, I put out videos. But it was those, that once a week for three years that made me who I am today, that gave me the that gave me the, the, the knowledge to, on how to run my editor and to what I want to do when I go out and shoot and how to edit and how to choose the music and things like that. If I didn't do it quite as often back then, um, my videos would probably be a little bit more rougher than they are today. Um, so definitely hang with it and uh, just, just, uh, it's like anything else, you know, practice makes better. For sure. Mm -hmm. Do you have any geocaching advice you'd like to share with us? Hmm. Well, always, always carry bug spray. That's for sure. Um, sunscreen, if you're like me and don't have any hair up top. Uh, I've had many, uh, many sunburns up there, and it really hurts pretty bad. Um, <laughs> But as for somebody that's starting geocaching, um, I, I would, once again, I'd say stick with that. Um, um, you're not going to find your first one, maybe, you know, your first hundred are going to be probably the hardest. Um, but if for somebody that's experienced, I would, I would just say, you know, to always carry a first aid kit, uh, sunblock, sunscreen, or um, bug spray, uh, wear pants, and uh, good sturdy boots. Um, funny story about that is, uh, <laughs> I say always wear pants, but, uh, just, I was just down in Tennessee and I went for uh, a geocache out in the woods and I was wearing shorts because it was so hot down there. I just couldn't think about wearing pants. So, uh, I wore shorts that day and I only went for one, just one walk in the woods that day. I got chiggers. Ooh. <laughs> so, cause I wasn't wearing pants. Oof. The phantom menace chiggers. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oof. Did you have a cache to highlight with us today? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I'd like to highlight GC9E5E. It's called Dr. Evermore and Lady Eleanor. It's up in Wisconsin. And it's one I found probably about 10 years ago. And it's a traditional cache. And it's located um, near, it's located south of Baraboo, Wisconsin, probably about 20 miles or so, I'd say. And uh, what what makes this uh, what makes that that cache so great? Well, currently it has over 370 favorite points. But what makes it so great is it's at a sculpture park. And the, the, the Dr. Evermore part of the title of that cache is a character um, from a man named Tom Avery, or Tom Avery? I think his name was Tom Avery. He's deceased now, uh, died I think a couple years ago. But he had an alter ego and his alter ego wanted to be blasted off into space using uh, like a magnetic, blaster or something you know some some kind of really kind of far out thing you know 
Um, and he used to work at, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, if I read the story right, he used to work in like scrap uh, collections or something like that around Wisconsin. Okay. So yeah, and he and he owns right there behind a uh, like a resale store. Um, is this is this scrapyard um, sculpture park that he built? And as you're walking around looking at it, uh, you can tell all these things are made out of different scrap pieces. It's really something to see. Uh, but the centerpiece of the scrapyard um, is the Forevertron machine that he built. And that's the that's the thing that he wanted to be blasted off into space with, or his character wanted to be blasted off into space with, with the was the Forevertron uh, machine. It's really something neat. It's uh, you should Google it, Google it uh, when you get off here. Anybody listening, if you haven't heard of the Forevertron, um, it's like the largest sculpture scrap sculpture um, in the United States, I believe it is. Oh. It's like three hundred tons uh, like 100 feet wide or something like that i can't remember the exact dimensions on it but it's pretty neat and amazing to think this guy dedicated his time to put this all together to make it look like like it did it's quite the it's quite the thing to see that's for sure that's cool it sounds like a really yeah. interesting place yeah yeah it is okay that leads me to another question if you had to pick would you rather have an interesting cache or an interesting location? <laughs> Good question. Good question. I'm going to say an interesting location. Uh, why I say that? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a hard question. Uh, but, uh, you know, as I think about all the cool places I've been and there's definitely been some really good geocaches but it's always usually about the places and, and the people that is is for me yeah for me a lot of times I have my son or my son and my husband with me mm -hmm. and my husband bless his heart he cannot get to geocaching for any of it, but he'll do it for me. So if I can take him to a neat place, he enjoys it more. And then yeah, my kid, sense. if my kid can trade swag, he's happy. But if we can take, go to a neat place that just really kind of pops out to everybody, it's just kind of more fun for the whole family. Oh, for sure. Roadside tractions are a geocacher's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking geocaching and your vlog with me today. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to share with us today? No, I think I covered quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of stuff, and I want to thank you for inviting me on here. And uh, it's been good to be on the Geocache Adventures podcast tonight with you. Well, I really appreciate you spending your time and and talking with me tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, indeed. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers, filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I love it. Check them out today at ftfgeo.com and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. 
Would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? Reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So, join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Fantasy action. Mystery. Friendship.